Hi, Moneymakers. Sebi and Josh here. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into this episode, please share and help our ministry. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Share with your friends, your family. Hey, if you have enemies, (laughs) share with them as well and everyone in between. Now enjoy the episode. The market has not been the same since last September when the Fed announced their tapering plans for their bond purchases. And this really affects high growth stocks because of two reasons. So in finance, the way we value companies is based on the DCF model. There are different methods, but the DCF model is the most popular one. What is that? And so it means the discounted cash flow valuation method. Mm-hmm. And this is when we use the current interest rate to discount the present cash flows of a particular company. And if this rate goes higher, then the company is worth less than it would be if the rates were lower. So the market is kind of anticipating that if the Fed goes ahead to raise the rates, obviously these companies will be worth way less. So they're front running that. They're not going to wait for the Fed to first raise rates. Since they can see it coming, the market is already doing its job. People are already selling and taking profits because if we're being honest, many of these companies went up 200, 300% since the COVID lows. But the market has already been aware of this. I mean, Powell has been talking about how he wants to start tapering. And even when it was asked, when we had the Delta variant and Omicron, we were, hey, I used to go into, it doesn't look like COVID is subsiding. He's like, hey, this is going according to plan. So why is it now all of a sudden the market is now realizing this and we're not having these issues with the stock market? Because it's basically blood. It's been blood since there was no Santa Claus rally. And now we're in the new year and it's been nothing because it's so bad to the point that, On Monday, Tesla freaking crushed earnings. On Sunday, they mentioned how they crushed earnings. And come Monday, they were like up, you know, 1,200, almost 40%. Like people were, yeah, Tesla is moving. It's going to give momentum for growth stocks. And before the end of the week, Tesla gave back all the gains it made that week and even lost some of what they already had. Was down, went up from 40% to down 10%. So what's the reason behind this? Because is it really just tapering? Yeah. So to be honest, this is not surprising. Whenever the Fed comes out and they say, oh, you know, we're going to do something soon, the market tends to call the Fed's bluff. Hmm. You know, if you look at what happened since April, May, the Fed, they said that, you know, we're going to start tapering soon. We're going to start tapering soon, you know. But in September, they announced that, okay, we actually started. Like we have started, you know, from November, we're going to actually start. So before September, we're talking about it. But there was no clear defined plan. But in September, he came out and he said, okay, this is where we're going to move. And something else happened, you know, last week that made this thing even more blown out of proportion. So we had the FOMC minutes on Wednesday. That's a report that comes out from many of the Fed officials where they talk about their plan regarding inflation, regarding the rate hike schedule, what else they're going to do and how they're going to handle the situation. And what we learned was that many of them, I won't say they were panicking, but they seemed really, really concerned about inflation. One of the things they said in there was that they they were expecting inflation to actually go down and narrow, but inflation was actually broadening out from just, you know, energy and transportation to food, groceries and wage. Because with wage inflation, it's very hard to take it out. You don't reduce um, people's salary when you've increased it, you know. Yeah, you so can. it's more or less permanent, <laughs> right? And that's not all. We also got job numbers. Mm. And those numbers were not that hot. 
But what also made this little concern to the market was that wages were going up as well, which I mean, typically is a good thing. But when wages are going up and everything else is going up, like oil and everything, it just makes you think that, huh, maybe this inflation is not as transitory <laughs> as they said in the past. Even the Fed, they chose, they said that we're taking the word transitory out of our vocab. You know, yeah. so they believe many of the inflation we're seeing today might actually be with the economy for a longer period of time. So do you think you're going to allow the market to suffer? I mean, like Jay Powell is always the Fed has always been on the side of the market every time. And I do understand how like they have to look out for the economy first, because if the economy crumbles, there is no market to so there is no market at all. The economy has to be the one to support the market. So they're just focusing for now on inflation. And we've seen that this is only affecting growth stocks because funny enough, the Dow was actually doing well, which is mainly like the industrial. So everybody's like, oh, the stock market is tanking. Well, we still have stocks who are really, really successful. Seeing this catastrophe that is happening, what should investors look out for? Like young investors like us, what should the new strategy be in order to mitigate some of these fears that are occurring in the market? Yeah, so what you said concerning whether Powell or the Fed will just look at the market tumble, to be honest, last year, SPY had a very good return, mm-hmm. you know, and typically whenever the SPY, that's the S&P 500 index, hits the 200 moving average, that is usually when the Fed is like, okay, enough, enough, <laughs> let's step in. And we're still kind of far from it there's still a good way down. So the Fed might watch a little more, but if it gets really, really bad, I'm going to expect them to step in and they'll probably be like, okay, we're not going to raise rates as many times as we've said in the past. And for younger investors or people who want to get into investing, I think this is the time to get you know your money ready because it looks like we're going to have some good opportunities to buy good companies at a discount. Mm-hmm. You know, So you can drop your list and... Try to look at the prices that you want to enter the stock. And that way you can keep track of it every day, weekly. And the truth is that nobody knows when the bottom is. It's good to dollar cost average over time. You know, that way you're having a three to five year horizon that you're looking at, you know, that you want to have a good return from that period. Definitely. I think one thing I've definitely learned about the market is that don't fight the feds, either on yeah. the side or on the upside, because I know that bears are trying to fight the Fed early on, trying to call inflation and be like, increase rates now. You know, everything is too expensive or things are growing too fast. And it didn't even answer them. 2020, 2021, we're hitting all time highs like it was like lottery. Just go anything you touch basically turn into gold. And now the bulls were like, oh, they're not going to taper. Look at COVID, blah, blah, blah. And they didn't even answer them. They just did whatever it is they wanted to do. And now it's like basically chasing that fallen knife on people. Yes. They're like, oh, it's it's." they're trying to go against the wave, basically. I know like with my call options, I was hit bad because <laughs> I did not. And my strategy literally changed. So what I started doing instead was either buying longer leaps, like my leaps were like a year out instead of just six months out. I bought a year out, waited for like- What is a leap? So basically a leap is buying a call option, in my case, like buying an option basically that would expire 
I technically like to use like a year out. Some people say as long as it's greater than six months, that would be considered. Okay. So it's basically an options play that has a longer time frame as opposed to just buying options for like a week or two. Those are shorter term plays. So for my longer term strategy is one buying call options because if in, to me, I believe that the market is usually rigged to go up, especially when <laughs> in strong companies. So emphasis on strong companies don't just invest in crap and be like well this is you know rigged to go up no strong companies that have good perspective of cash flow coming in good leaders in there like tesla amazon apple google microsoft those solid companies that you can guarantee that you're not going not guarantee but like you can trust you're not going anywhere those are the kind of companies I like to personally buy leaps on or potential sympathy plays or little giants that are coming up like Square and maybe Lucid. Those ones are more risky. Then buying call options on those. And additionally, I will be averaging in some position at some key support levels that I like, that I believe that buyers take control and those are basically where I believe there would be a turn up if you look at their chart that from that point, it will bounce back up because buyers are going to buy in at that point. The next strategy that I have put in is for my short-term strategy is to buy put options. Yes, I have started <laughs> trading puts and they've been successful to cover up some of the losses I incurred from my call options. So put strategies are definitely good for me. I try to enter whenever it is I see like these false rises that happened on Monday. So it looks like, oh, the market is about to be good. That's my time to enter, buy a put option. Then it expires. I usually buy it within the time frame of a week because again, Put options are very, very risky. So I try to get out as soon as I can. Whenever it is, I make the cap of the profit I was intending on making. I get out really quickly, put my stop loss really quickly and get out. So that's my strategy going into the market in this choppy period. But what is your strategy, Josh? Yeah, I think your strategy that I just explained makes a lot of sense, you know, because if we're being very honest, in September, the market has been kind of weird. And I remember the QQQs, that's the tech index made a new all-time high i think it was in october or november and yeah. since then we've not made any new all-time high however the s&p 500 which is a little more balanced it has more te- it has technology as well but it also has other sectors and also the dow jones which is the industrial that one even hit a new all-time high this past week because we had that kind of rotation but one thing i have noticed is this rotation don't last long tech is the market if tech does not do well yes you might have a short period where you will see banks and oil, energy uh, perform. But eventually, the pressure usually becomes too much. And even those banks and those oil companies come crashing down. So I think my strategy is kind of similar. Obviously, in the long term, when we're talking about two, three years, where I'm still very bullish and I'm really targeting companies that have strong cash flows, great management, and a good growth rate. And that will be your fangs. You know, Right now, I like Microsoft. I'm still looking at Facebook. And for some of the growth names, I like cybersecurity names as well. And I'm taking the route of dollar cost averaging every week, like you said, yeah. outlining key support yeah. levels and adding on those on those um, levels to make sure that, okay, I'm getting it at a level where there's a chance that buyers will come in and defend the price. And for short term, I'm playing puts as well. 
you know, one pattern I've noticed for the past few weeks is that on Monday, we typically have a quote unquote green day. Then for the rest of the week, it's typically red. You know, I think me and a couple of my friends were talking about yeah. this pattern. And it's so funny and interesting how they play out yeah. at times. So one of the things I would say, though, to round up this podcast is bigger picture. So on average, the bear market lasts shorter than a bull market. So this means that bull market tends to last a longer time than a bear market on average. And when, again, same bear and bull market, bull market is when everything is going up, the market is green, 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 and bear market is when things are not doing too well, it's going down, 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 down. So on average, we're always going to enjoy the good times more than we're going to enjoy the bad times. On average, the drop in bear markets are usually smaller than the rise in bull markets. So for example, let's say the average is that the bear market is down 36%. On average, the bull market will be like up like 112%. So that's yeah. how it is. So all that's to say is that the market for the most part would always do good because companies are doing good and because there's an economy to stimulate success of these good companies. You're only going to lose money when, you know, these companies are not so great, which is why you use tools like diversification, stop loss, and, you know, looking at cash flow earnings per share and all that good stuff to guide you into investing in solid companies that can hold its own, even in a turbulent economy. Yes, most definitely. I agree with you. However, someone can question you, Mm -hmm. aren't we still in a bull market? Because I think we are. (laughs) We've been in a bull market since like for the past seven to eight years. I mean, basically before COVID, since COVID, we've been in a bull market. Even with this 5% drawdown we had in tech last week, we're still up like over 20% since (laughs) last year. So that's just another thing to consider. Definitely. I mean, it's up to time will tell if this moment or this bearish vibe that we're getting is transitory <laughs> but we don't want to be shocked like the fed to see well it's not transitory <laughs> but overall i would i would like use the term you always use where you say let's be nimble right now and not go too aggressive i mean go aggressive if you're trying to you know catch up those like really low rates that you enjoy and average into them especially if you're averaging into like really good companies so that's something you definitely want to do but overall, are we still in a bull market? If you draw your chat back from, you know, 52 weeks or even 20 weeks, yeah, we're, we're still yeah. turning upwards. But if you go closer three months, we're making lower lows, uh, lower highs. Yeah, so for a downtrend, you're making lower lows and also lower highs. That's what makes a downtrend. Low yeah, and if you look at over the past few days, especially tech, we've been in a downtrend. I want to highlight a couple of important events we're going to see this week. On Wednesday, we have the CPI data, which will be very interesting to see how inflation maybe has it gone up, has it gone down. Also, on Tuesday, we have the chairman of the Fed, Jay Powell, who's going to testify concerning the FOMC minutes that were released last week. So these two, you know, we like to call them landmines. They call them landmines in the (laughs) trading world because basically anything can happen. Yeah. You know, the outcome of those events can, in my opinion, especially that inflation number, is going to be a very, very big deal. (laughs) And will probably give us the direction where the market is going to go, at least for the next month. That's it. Awesome. See you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys. Take it easy, guys.